AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. You are listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. One, two, three, four... Yeah. Yo, yo, when the revolution's over, exploding like a Nova, I just took a ride to Kroger, nobody pulled me over, I got blunts on sight, and ain't nobody sober, yo, my name's Dope Knife, my mama call me Toga, go and smoke up, it's all regal, it's all legal, we all ball, no such thing as small people, gun sticks, pots and pans, we fought evil, now we got plots of land, 4-0, I'm tired of saying shit, give me reparations, bitch, niggas getting hungry in the streets, so we ate the rich, cops trying to make a brother please, so I take the fifth, but I'm like CP. Three with the great assist, bring the troops home. I got a new flow, but I be blocking all your shit like my new bowl. Rapping so sweet, they messing with my glucose. I don't want Delta, you're too close. <laughs> hey, what is happening? My name is Dope Knife, and you are listening to Waiting on Reparations. Hurry up with my motherfucking check. Once again, I am all by my lonesome on this one. Well, not completely, but I'm just without my co-host still. Uh, Mariah is still on her leave, but good news is that she did have the baby and everybody's good and recovering and getting to know one another. I don't, you know, it's not even my place. I'm not talking about anybody. You know, I don't even put anybody's business out in the street. But y'all should go check us out on Instagram because you can go look at Mariah's baby pics. They're up there if you guys want to see how the baby's doing. But I can speak for all of you listening that Lingua Franca, we miss you, and we can't wait to have you back on the show. Now, um... What things to get into before we start with the episode? Um, uh, you know what? 
You know what I went and did? I went and listened to the new Kanye album, Donda, because that came out, and I'm a rapper, I'm a hip-hopper, and this is, you know, somewhat of a hip-hop show, so I felt that I had to do my my part, and I guess... <laughs> I listened to it. I, I tried to nip, you know, kill two birds with one stone, so I listened to the album while watching the live stream at the stadium because even though me and uh, Mariah had talked about it before I hadn't actually seen one of those I just saw pictures of it but I actually sat down and watched I think it was like an hour and 30 minutes or something of a live stream just of the whole event and it was interesting to say the least but I did you know in that I did get to hear the album so I've got some thoughts on it and you know we'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit in the episode today about what my thoughts on Kanye's Donda album is um I'll give you a little preview of what my thoughts were it was yeah is I musically is I but I you know I just I'm not in the position where I can consume Kanye on a strictly musical level. There's some baggage there. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into that later. What we've got going today is we're going to be talking about Afghanistan. Obviously, it's been in the news heavy for the last few weeks. And if you're going to be a prisoner of the moment and be caught up into political polls and stuff like that, it seems to be shaping the midterm elections how those are going to play out or at least what the narratives are going to be and it's also in my opinion putting at risk again of the republicans kind of rallying themselves around u.s imperialism which is no good for anybody with the democrats doing bad in the polls so so you know it's got some sentimental quality to it just yesterday i think they pulled out or the last of the u.s troops left and biden gave a fiery speech defending his decision to pull the troops out and you know i'm a i was in high school when we invaded afghanistan so it's just crazy to think of all the time that's passed all the people i've known like literally all the adults in my life somehow had those wars that we were in affect them and touch them so that's what i want to talk about today we're going to be talking about afghanistan what the hell were we doing there what did we accomplish and uh maybe looking into the future a little bit and seeing what's gonna happen and to talk about that i thought i might bring on a uh vet to come talk with me today John Hanna, who is in fact a Afghan vet of multiple tours and a former army ranger. Now he's just uh I've been I've been coining him the lefty surfer dad, but we'll see how he reacts to that when he gets on. But we're gonna have him on and we're gonna talk about Afghanistan. And later on, because he's such a hip hop enthusiast, he's gonna join me for the music discussion and we'll talk about that Kanye Donda album and what our experience was like. And if our minds are blown, we're going to get into that after the jump. Y'all stay tuned. 
<clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, we are back. So Monday, right before midnight, the last of the U.S. troops departed from Afghanistan. This happened just a few months shy. I think actually it might have been like a month and some change shy of the 20th year mark that the United States has, you know, been involved since the invasion of that country. It seems like the conflict went on forever. I know that it was going on for most of my adult life and for, you know, obviously anybody who's my age to kind of feel the same way. Now, the U.S. first engaged in this war in the aftermath of the September 11th attacks, the attacks that led to the uh, creation of a slew of new federal agencies, including ICE, Homeland Security, the opening of Guantanamo Bay Prison that's still operational to this day. There's people still locked up in there with, you know, doesn't seem like any you know forward progress in terms of them getting uh, their due day in court. Um... It also opened the doors for the uh, military-industrial complex to have 20 years of pretty much just a buffet of defense contracts. And we can't forget about the other country that we ended up invading in the aftermath of September 11th, which was Iraq, obviously. But back to Afghanistan. With President Biden pulling the trigger to pull troops out, it appears that almost every aspect of corporate media is trying to make them pay for this politically. Obviously, the Republicans are pouncing on it, whether coincidentally or it's because of the rise of COVID. 
or if it actually is a result of what people are seeing on the news, uh, Biden's polls are taking a dip since the Taliban started taking over everything. Um, a pair of suicide bombings killed more than 100 people, including 13 U.S. service members and 90 Afghan civilians in Cal- at the Kabul airport. As expected, one of the U.S. parting gifts with the country was a revenge drone strike on a vehicle in Kabul that killed 10 people, including seven children. This whole issue has the MAGA Republicans and the neocons of the Bush era kind of finding a truce and they're all kind of going after Biden and pretty much pushing that we shouldn't be getting out of Afghanistan. In what was almost a comical turn, Mitt Romney was on CNN, I think it was on Sunday, but he was on one of those shows and he was actually advocating for endless war. Like he he was straight up saying that. Surprisingly to me, with all of this uh, multi-fronted criticism that's coming at Joe Biden's way, he, he stood firm by his decision. Uh, per CNN, President Joe Biden on Tuesday offered a vigorous defense of, des- of his decision to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan. Defending the chaotic withdrawal from Kabul a day after the last American military planes left the country, marking the conclusion to the U.S. longest war nearly 20 years after it began. He said, My fellow Americans, the war in Afghanistan is now over. I am the fourth president who has faced the issue of whether and when to end this war. When I was running for president, I made a commitment to the American people that I would end this war. Today, I've honored that commitment. I was not going to extend this forever war. This decision about Afghanistan is not just about Afghanistan. It's about ending an era of major military operations to remake other countries. So for a cat like me, on paper, that's literally the sort of shit that I want to hear. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, politics will determine what all of these cats do at the end of the day. And numbers don't lie. And Joe Biden's taken a, a hit. Now, the voting public's memory can be short. And, you know, there's still got some time before the the midterms and you obviously have more time than that before the next election so will this affect them if that is what's making the numbers dip i don't know but hopefully he keeps this tone throughout it and now i'm going to bring on our guest who's gonna help me try to talk about the complicated situation that is the u.s involvement in afghanistan we're going to be talking with a former specialist in the 175th ranger regiment who between 2001 and 2005 did multiple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan in small line squad, heavy weapon squad, and as the armory officer. These days, he's pretty much a lefty surfer dad and hip-hop enthusiast, and he's a good friend of mine. Uh, I'm going to welcome John Hanna to the show. I always I always do my introductions like this, Hanna, like in a way like there's an audience <laughs> or something that's going to go, yeah! So good. After oh, I'm clapping. I like it. <laughs> How are you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. That was an hey, awesome intro. Place. That was good. It was I. It was I. <laughs> it was good. But, uh, so how you been, man? How's pretty life? Pretty good. Exactly what you said. Uh, surfer dad. Mostly dad since COVID. Uh, took both kids out of school last year because um, I don't trust Florida. As you can see, I was right. Um, I put him back in school because the numbers dipped. I just took them back out of school. 
because the governor threatened our school to take away state funding. And our school was like, yeah, we're just going to do, you know, honor system. I'm like, yeah, I don't trust any honor system. (laughs) That is insane. So I took them out. Um, They'll be going back to school Tuesday. Uh, Our school, because the governor got sued, uh, DeSantis' little... I don't know what you would call it. It's like a mobster tactic, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a shakedown. Like, I mean, it's not my fault I killed the guy because I held a gun to his head. All he had to do was give me 50 bucks. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it felt like. So oh, for man. like you, after after coming out of the year of like having the girls be out of school. Um, oh, one of one of his daughters is my goddaughter, by the way. Yep. Just full disclosure, everybody. <laughs> full disclosure. Bias. But um, like, are you more... Like what are you what are you looking for forward to? Do you want them to like be back in school or do you oh, like? Oh man, them I can't wait for them to be back in school. <laughs> I am not a good teacher. We need to pay them way more money than any corporate executive. I don't know that anybody realizes what it requires to teach mathematics and physics to one, and then to like A, B, and C the other one. But it is impossible. I just I'm not cut oh, out for man. just all the tasks and my wife's full-time work so but it's all at home yeah, yeah. Well, I mean you guys are maintaining though right oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we're doing good we're, we're making it I, I skate a lot more because oh. there's no kids at the skate park so ghost town <laughs> well so I brought you on because obviously with everything going on in Afghanistan and I mean one of the things that you know one of the things that was kind of, that kind of shaped my uh, political awareness and identity was, you know, around the time when I met you, uh, and you were just getting out of the Rangers oh, and stuff like that. So, just uh, you know, for for due diligence, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you ended up uh, getting into the Rangers and oh, you know, wow. subsequently ended up in Afghanistan? Of course, uh, skipping the normal small town trying to get out of here story. I ended up in a Ranger Battalion after the normal selection process and. The moment I got in, I got out of airborne school, we get to our unit and they're like, hey, you need to get on this helicopter and here's some ammo and here's this film of what happened to the Twin Towers. I'm like, oh, wow, they're really into this. This whole like production value is insane. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is fucking live ammo. (laughs) This isn't one of our normal, you know, jog for 20 miles and make it to a shoot house type of deal. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it actually caught me by surprise. I missed whatever the public saw, right? Uh, I, I caught the second tower falling because of the first tower video, and we were, like, booted and suited, ready to go, and I had just gotten there. So from 2001 on, uh, I don't know, from October on, I had been in and out of Afghanistan for our tour was 90 days there, 90 days home which was just preparation to go back. So it was just, mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've deployed, but it's a lot. Um, and then we took on a second mission to Iraq after that, but because Afghanistan felt squandered after a while, we'd been doing a lot there that seemed odd. Uh, imagine jumping out of an airplane and landing in like Midwest USA. It's a bunch of farms there's a bunch of people that are looking at you like, what are you doing? You're like scrambling to get all your squad mates up. You're in a line and you look to your left and light, right through nods. And there's people coming out of their house like, who that? 
who dare? Like, <laughs> what the hell is, what is all this, right? And then we're just going Man. to some objective we have. And I'm just like looking around like, wow, this is a lot of crops, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, some of it's mountainous. I don't know. I was on the border of Pakistan a lot of the time. And that's, I didn't get all the intel. But what I knew is, I'm pretty sure we were there because we knew Osama bin Laden was there the whole time. And most of the objectives were just taking out Al-Qaeda operatives. Whatever was the top of the blacklist at the time, we just knocked them down and there would be a new name. Um, everybody knows some of them, like uh, Al-Aqari or Al-Azari. I had a, there was a lot. Um, Al-Alaki. Yeah, Al-Alaki. Right? Um, I don't know. It changed a lot. Uh, depending on, okay, well, this target's no longer accessible. New target. So the list just constantly revolved. So, like, if... You- between Afghanistan and Iraq, which one did you spend more time in? Um, hmm. Afghanistan. Just because Afghanistan. the initial invasion to Afghanistan was gaining a foothold. So if you can imagine, uh, we only run night operations, but someone had to get there first, take over bases, make bases. There's not a lot left there. If uh, you know the history of Afghanistan, they've been through tons of wars, basically. Um communist regimes have shut up set up like tiny little hot spots where you could start an army base but that was destroyed in some other regimes attempt to take off take over afghanistan so um we just had to like build areas where we can go from one spot to the other fast and that took a lot of time so one of the main things you know that makes people paint the whole conflict as being like this endless war is the whole notion that the mission at least what was stated as the mission was kind of accomplished mm. a while ago, sure. <laughs> you know, before sure. this like current pullout. So uh, I'm just curious because if you got out in 2005, was the, the mission was accomplished by then, right? Technically, yeah, technically, but, yeah. But um, it wasn't just so I don't know what everybody's idea of the mission was, but it seemed to me it's not like anybody gave a, a really good statement of fact of like. Step one, do this. Step two, do this. I know that uh, the main mission seemed to be to remove any elements that could operate from Afghanistan as a jumping point to do terrorist operations, right? That seemed to be the focus. Um, Other than that, I mean, it was just like high-value targets is what they would call them. Uh, Anybody that seemed that they could either take over or had already taken over. Um, Anybody that was like a local warlord was probably, I don't want to say paid, but you know, coerced by our government to, to kind of act as a de facto government. We would usually run through them. They seem to know the area better. And for the most part, they are the government in these small little townships. Because like I said, yeah. it's mostly farms. I mean, imagine like Aztec step pyramids filled with crops on those steps of each mountain that you run across. That's most of Afghanistan, except for Kabul. But uh, I, I don't know. Kabul's like a range of architecture. Like you can tell the Russians were there. You can tell it was like Indian inspired. There's Buddhist, like what looks like used to be Buddhist temples there. It's pretty, pretty insane how modern and old and multicultural it seems to be there. So it, it's, you know, one of the things that gets left out in a lot of the media coverage of it is just the Afghan, the Afghanis themselves. You know what I mean? It's like just even when talking about the 
bombing that was at the airport, you know, oh. all that they mention is the the U.S. service members that get right. killed. And they they kind of like leave others? the 90 Afghanis, yeah. exactly, the 100 <laughs> others, just like as a footnote. So just for for you and your experience like that, how did you feel that the, um, find that the Afghans responded to y'all in y'all's presence there whenever you did I don't know I, I have a biased view uh, anytime I met Afghanis that weren't part of a mission uh, or that were part of a mission it was at nighttime and they were mm-hmm. super scared um, obviously or fighting us this is the only two only two options there wasn't like oh my gosh it's you guys but, yeah, so it's always scared right, or fighting. Right. Um, but then during, when we were in like Kabul, we did a lot of, to get from one point to the other, like day operations. They looked similar tonight. It, it, it didn't look like we could stop and talk to anybody. They were going about their business in Kabul, but in the farm areas, they would run. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is uh, a lot of them have weapons and not like uh, big arms, but like old World War II weapons and maybe an AK. But for a whole huge, like, farming, single-family area, if we run across them, the first thing we do is search a house, even night, day, whatever. And that doesn't matter what unit it is. So if you can imagine the next house that has weapons in it, we find a weapon, and we're about to question and bring in an interpreter and talk to everyone in their family. How many farms in the Midwest of the United States has weapons in them? Exactly. Right. Like, now imagine being in the middle of the the desert where there's Bedouins and the Taliban and what we call Al-Qaeda. All of those people are coming in left and right. I I imagine most of them had weapons. So it was just like a a lottery for them who was going to get messed with next. It it seemed like we caused more fear than help. Did you feel kind of like a cop? Yeah, a lot like a cop. I I detested the feeling. Yeah, later. (laughs) Like not at first because it was mission, mission, mission. But then like later, like I start to get the idea that, wow, like this guy's name was Gary. I had no Gary. He looks real yeah. familiar to me, and I feel really bad about that face he's making right now. Yeah, yeah. it just took a long time. So how how did yeah. it make you feel when you're like in in the like like for example, if you're you're doing something and you've got to like question some poor guy at night, you know what I mean? And he's fucking scared to death because there's commandos oh. armed to the teeth, like oh. questioning. I have them. a perfect answer like, to this. Oh, I've actually. So it's like compartmentalized, sure, like anybody would expect. But have you ever heard of like, uh, so let's say you have a rat in your farmhouse and instead of killing the rat, you just shoo it away. Now, that would seem compassionate and helpful. Um, You didn't harm the rat. He's not in your stable anymore. But what you've effectively done is you move the rat. And if there's another homestead anywhere near that farm, it's now infested that area. So it was just in the farm. You could have killed it. You had access to it. And now it's in your house. And now it's making babies and it's hard to get to. And that's a much harder area to clear it from. So you've created a bigger problem. That was basically what our mission felt like is to like not exterminate, but basically root out any instance of this. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like we were doing the whole time. It felt like that's what I was. And I guess that's how it was compartmentalized, right? Like, sure, this person seems innocent, but he might be one of those get back into your house rats. And to make sure, we need to make sure he doesn't have anything of value here that could 
send a message to Al-Qaeda and let them know where we're at or maybe give them intel. Okay, so let's search the whole place. And if you do that to every single person that you run across, right? I, I don't know. It made me feel probably a lot like they felt. I mean, that doesn't sound very compassionate, but obviously they felt worse. But yeah. uh, now worse than not so bad about it. In that same way that I described, I was thought I was rooting out a bigger problem. There's some collateral damage along the way, but I thought it was for a greater cause. Like so anybody when else. You, so when you got out, or, or not even when you got out, but when, when did you start feeling like that wasn't oh, the case? Oh, man. In Afghanistan. It was like okay. uh, holding a family at gunpoint hostage and finding like a single bolt action rifle, no mm-hmm. ammo. And it's got, um, there's something we call the jangle truck. And the reason why is it had bells and these really pretty Muslim, like, um, they can't write the word God on things. It's kind of blasphemous in the way that having a picture of Jesus would be for some Catholics. Um, so they, they have this really specific Muslim design. They have in a lot of scarves and this, one of those scarves was tied on the end of the barrel. I remember it really vividly. Um, and that's what we find after holding the kids at gunpoint and they're screaming this. I mean, mind you. We only land on a helicopter at nighttime. So they heard a helicopter maybe for a second. We fast roped down from 60 feet above them. We ran into their house. We held every male at gunpoint, ripped females out of their beds that were cowering, pulled their children out of the rooms, told them all to like calm down, then got an interpreter once we had them all isolated and quarantined. And then the interpreter talked to them one by one while you hear them all screaming through the house. It sounded like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. In a way that I hadn't, I had experienced gunfire. We've had plenty of in- enemy interactions. Um, I mean, nothing was worse for some reason than feeling like I was holding a family at gunpoint. On yeah. that moment, I don't know. That was the moment that I was like, "Oh my gosh, we can't. I can't do this anymore." And yeah. uh, I had, I was required to do it for the most part. So, in the, and I yeah, mean, I would imagine that that just bad after that so like that's that same that scenario that you described was probably repeated oh daily and before that it happened a hundred times yeah i I don't know how many times but and we weren't really a enter a room and clear a building and then go house by house unit we had a target we thought they were potentially al-qaeda affiliated we landed at nighttime it was really well orchestrated um we were a jsoc unit so we were part of the joint special operations um, it was a really big deal if we went to a place. So we took it all seriously. So they were all serious to me until that one. And then mm. seeing that they didn't even have like a computer or any magazines or any weapons or really, that, did, that doesn't count. He didn't even have a yeah. round for the thing. They cleared it <laughs> yeah, right in front real. of me and it was like, click. I'm like, oh my gosh. This is like a decorative thing they found on the wall. That's it? Yeah, The whole house. We did this to that whole family. Kids are crying. It's like two or three. I don't know what time in the morning, but oh man, it was awful. But that one pretty much kind of set me for life, I think. That like, this is, none of this is right. I don't know what we're doing, but this is not like selective and focused enough for what we think our mission is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so then, I mean, I know we kind of glazed over it, but... You know how did you, how did you end up joining the, the you know because because obviously if you if you joined before you know nine eleven even happened right. then it wasn't like did. a reaction to nine um, eleven. It was I do a lot of things for the moment. I don't mm-hmm. 
think I have anything diagnosable, but I am very, I don't sit down. Uh, I have a watch, like a Samsung watch my wife gave me. I get like 20,000 steps a day minimum. Uh, like top 1% when you like check it on the phone. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've always been like this. Um, I felt like I was stuck in Sebastian, Florida. And I didn't like see a way other than college, but that was such a long road to get out of a town. Right. I was like, nope, joining the military. And then that wasn't enough in my head. I was like, what's the hardest thing you have? And they were like, Rangers. I was like, dope. That's what we're going to do. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I thinking? And I had, like, all these bonuses contingent if I made it, which is a good incentive, but I didn't care. Like, that's not why I went there. And it all kind of played out like I imagined it, minus kind of the ending, right? Like, I never would have thought that I'd feel remorse for, like, uh, representing my nation in some way. I think I might have been more patriotic then. I don't know. So you've been out. Well, that's good. We're going to get back to that. That's interesting. But, um... So you've been out since 2005. Yes. That's a long ass time mm. that that war has still been going. I mean, we're literally like, sitting Im- here. It's impossible. That was 2005 long. that you got out, <laughs> and the war just ended Monday. I bring this up like every day. I don't know how to so, explain it. Other people so forget what is, about it. What did it feel like? You know, just year after year Awful. seeing this, and like we we both, you know, we both have mutual friends who sure. had to go back yeah. when you were out that they lost their lives and didn't come back yeah, you know exactly. what i'm saying so what has it been like for you in the last what is that 15 16 years to have to just like see year after year like oh man this shit's still going on shit no, it seemed every incentive possible seems like it was moving us towards just living there by that i mean I can't imagine a contractor, contracting company. Like, I mean, imagine the airplanes being built for the military. Like I couldn't, like at the scope of it seemed so large that I thought that even when Biden said that we were getting out, when Trump said it, when Obama said it, I was like, no way. There's no way. There's too much of our economy is tied in this. And I thought that no president would ever be able to follow through like it's almost political suicide in the way that biden i think is experiencing it and i can't imagine it would go different no matter who made this choice. well i don't know i feel like if trump made this choice it could have gone way worse oh yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah i feel like the pullout on this would have been like see you when i see you whoever american troops american people who helped us it doesn't matter they all would have been left there to just no negotiation i don't know oh man I can't wait to ask you about some of the political implications of this whole shit. But, um, so, you know, the, the war's been going on. It kept going on over all the years and everything. How difficult is it for you to, like, keep a line out on things that are perhaps going on? Or is that something it's that you impossible. just kind of close out of it, your head? Have you tried to, like, keep tabs on what's going on in Afghanistan in the last, like, six years? It doesn't exist. Trump just engulfed all of the media in a way yeah. that kind of sucked up any valid stories like uh people I was literally died. just about to like, I was literally just about to say yeah. that like I was I did used to follow it actually quite closely until Trump became president right. and then it kind of and yeah like it's impossible it was it, and I would have to go through like Al Jazeera a lot to get any updates cuz they seem to just you know, they are also paying attention to American politics, but they would give you a little third-party view of it. 
So sometimes you would get more information. But、um, other than that, yeah, it seemed like we just, that was what US is. We occupy Afghanistan as an, as an identity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do, you,、um, what do you think about the, the ca- chaos that's going on there now with the, with the troops pulling out and the Taliban taking over again? Like, for example, you have like, a lot of、um, national security specialists and experts and analysts that are on the big three networks 24 7 that are like, hey man, now you're about to create a playground for Al Qaeda and ISIS, K pop, and nothing and hurts the my brain more than that. Generation X、oh、is going to come、gosh. in there and everyone's going to take it over and the whole entire shit is going to be like, like Afghanistan's going to be escaped from New York. And one word, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's disgusting. It's really fucking disgusting. How can they?、Uh, they know the implications of what they're saying. They know that they're saying that we should be in endless war. What they're not mentioning is a single life on either side, whether it's the troops that pay the price or for this nation or the people that we invade on the other side or s- occupy, because that's, that's the dirty truth. It doesn't matter if we invade or occupy, people are going to fucking die. Mm-hmm. I don't know what anybody thinks is going to happen. War hasn't been a pretty thing ever, and it won't be in the future. When it's just drones and fucking robots, whoever doesn't have those will die.、Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what anybody thinks it's going to be. And it's never been better than the people online in the Civil War shooting muskets at each other. It's the same <laughs> shit. It hasn't changed.、Uh, it's just new ways to do it, and they figure out some of our ways, so the numbers kind of feel the same, to be honest. And、yeah. it's disgusting as fuck to me that all of these people,、uh, and I don't know what their financial ties are, and I feel like saying that out loud, I should probably look into this, but I feel like it's going to anger me more.、Uh, I feel like they're going to be tied to, and not in a conspiratorial way, but the, everything is because they're contracted now,、uh, the military industrial complex, and not like Jimmy Dore, I'm just going to blame everything on them, but I mean,、yeah. anything that's a hey, part of their you media evolution. Right, right. Any、yeah. part of, like, if you're advocating for what we've been doing to save human life, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, you're fucking gross. Get the fuck off the air. What's wrong with you? It's already happened. Why can't? It's just like the anti mask stuff.、Uh, the reality is there's a virus. The reality is we pulled out, out of Afghanistan. What do we do now? Like, that's, it just is. I don't know what to fucking tell you. I can't make it go away. It happened. Mm-hmm. Can we deal with it better? Sure. Maybe. I don't know.、Um, let's say Trump pulled us out of Afghanistan. And I thought about this a lot. When Trump was running, I think me and you even had an argument around that time where I was like, maybe some things aren't as bad. He sounds like a normal Republican to me in the way that I hate them and he sounds fucking disgusting.、Um, man, I've said that a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, talk to me. And I don't know. You were right. He was more disgusting. <laughs> And it, the thought of him pulling out of war is not the same.、Um, yeah. Not the same at all.、Uh, there's like a Key and Peel skit. I don't know if you've seen it recently. It, it's got like Neil deGrasse Tyson in it. And it's like, how Neil deGrasse Tyson is at home. And, you know, they're doing their normal Key and Peel stuff. And that's fine. But at the end of it, There's like a, a part where he's been, you know, there's been a bit of infidelity and he goes on to explain how the universe works to get out of it. And I was like, yo, that's hilarious. But if Sean Hannity did this skit, 
it would be like super <laughs> racist to me, and I, I just I don't give him that amount of credibility. And that's kind of I don't know. I see Trump in the same way. Like it doesn't matter what he does, I just don't give him the credibility to have handled it well. Well, I mean, the thing now is that at least from at least from how it looks to me, it looks like the Republicans are really about to go all in on we should be going to war more. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oh like, man. Even since, so, since oh, even some thing, Democrats. Have you, I mean, you just brought it up, but like well, obviously, the big I mean, three the thing, are just pushing it just as hard. But here's the thing. The thing is, we know that the big three are going to push it just yeah. as hard. We all know what their incentives and motivations are. And the Democrats who are out there talking that shit, we know what's up with them, too. Sure. But what I'm saying is the Republicans, by, like, definition of being, you know, bizarro Democrats and everything that they're for or against, they're kind of, like, straight up being like, well, they pulled out? Oh, well, then we think we should go in. Oh you know my god. And, and and if that ends up being oh the fight, I don't know, like 3 years I didn't is a even long think time. about that. 3 years is a long way away, but if the next whoever's running for president, if it ends up being like the Republicans are like, "Yay, we should go to war." I don't know if that's a good political strategy. I think that might be taking the owning the libs thing oh, man. to that's a level that's going to anyway. make them lose a lot yeah. of a lot of elections if they're like really going to so be running too. on Yo, we need to go back to Afghanistan to own the libs. I don't know if that's nah, good. it's not. I don't think it would fly. I didn't even think about it in that way, but that's it's hilarious. It seems like Trump's whole presidency was let's own the libs. That's no, that's, that's all that was. The, like it felt like it was nothing by, else. And if it was like despotic, like ruler that just happens to go authoritarian, fine, we're cool with that. Even if yeah. it's super hypocritical. Even though I realize now that they're just about power, not. Like, they don't care about hypocrisy in the same way. We'll straight just, like, oh, yeah, jettison no. a congressman on the left. Yeah. Like, the, oh, you looked at a picture? Nah. Get out of here. That's that's Yeah, no, they're, they're not, oh, the, the Republicans are not, like, honest actors nah, in anything. Not at all. No. So, what do you think, you know, just from, from as much as you have been able to keep up with Afghanistan over the years since you've been out, just, like, and from what you've seen in the news of what's going on today, where do you think it's headed? Like, what do you think is going to oh, happen? Man. Do you like? Do you I think? think do you think exactly that in two years? Do you think in two years that we're going to have to, or at least the powers that be are going to present that we have to send troops back? Do you think oh. it's going to become a terrorist haven? I don't know do about you think, that. Like, but no, I, I don't think it'll be any. All right, I don't think it'll be any more of a terrorist haven than it is than it was before we went in. And I don't think it was any more of a terrorist haven then than surrounding six countries in the Middle East were at the time that we mm-hmm. chose not to invade, including one of those being the, like, was it 90% of the people who flew the planes into the Twin Towers in the first Saudi place? Saudi Arabia? Right. Yeah. I was trying not to be, I was being a little coy, but yes. <laughs> right. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Um I think it's going to end up exactly like it was. Uh, I think that... So if you don't... I don't know. Do you know a lot about right before all this happened? Even like the 80s, right? Um, Pre-80s. Oh, there's like a, there's a lot that happened in Afghanistan. For Everybody's heard that like uh, a lot of countries have gone into Afghanistan and like not withstood Afghanistan. It's not just like a harsh environment. It's just that so many countries have had interest in it from Persia... They've been Persian twice. 
They, they were part of India once. They were part of Britain once. Um, the Mongols destroyed all of Afghanistan at one point. But that's nothing compared to... They had like a feminism before feminism, feminism was cool. Like so in the 60s when it was big here, they had kind of a communist movement, movement there. And who glommed on to that were the younger people in Afghanistan. And who noticed that was Russia. Who noticed that was China. They got tons of money at the time. And I'm not sure how much of this is just PBS history that I've taken in over the years. And so <laughs> yeah. please do your own research on this. But as far as I know, like uh, there was once the king was deposed at the time, it was taken over by a mostly communist government of people who didn't know what to do with the country at the time that had hella funding. Um, they didn't handle it well, as you can imagine. It was the first time taking over their country. Um mostly rural, like I said before, even back then, with just yeah. Kabul being like the New York of all of Afghanistan, and that's who was ruling it. So most of the rural communities did what our rural communities, our southern rural communities like to do and make little posses of people armed to the teeth, spouting <laughs> like crazy extremist fundamentalism, and then they just <laughs> took back over the government from them people, and then the communists came back in. They're like, oh, no, we're not going to take that. At the time, I think we called in the Mujahideen, and then the Americans were like, oh, well, let's keep communists at bay. We're super anti-communist, and then we threw them money to keep Russia at bay, uh, and then they became al-Qaeda. This is who we know today. I think it's just going to follow the same pattern. Another nation's probably going to step in when we pull out. Um, I think that we knew when we set up the Afghan government, it's not a well-organized nation enough around the outskirts of Kabul to ever have anything formalized that all the people around Kabul will listen to. Because as we well learned with Trump, I think that we know now that a lot of stuff goes without saying in the United States that we... We think the powers that be are going to, like, hold people to account. So we all kind of stay reserved and don't, like, flood in the Capitol. But some of us don't think that. And some of us believe all the lies and do flood the Capitol. Like, I'm just saying <laughs> that if you think that happens here, what do you think happens when most people don't live in a city? Yeah. And they don't get information. They don't have TVs. Uh, I don't know. They're, I think they we're just going to go right back to how it was before we went there word man well yeah thank you for talking to me about this um yeah we're gonna take we're gonna take a little break but when we come back since my man's you know a lot heads don't know right like the reason that i was able to get like that little bit of a of a start in my rap career way back in the day was because of this dude you know what i mean like john is a huge hip-hop enthusiast yes. and we have endless conversations about rap all the time but we're gonna like talk about some shit that i mentioned at the beginning of the show we're gonna do a little bit of a i don't even want to give y'all any false advertisement by saying this is a deep dive <laughs> But we're going to talk about Kanye's Donda after the break. So y'all stay tuned. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The wait is over. 
The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, and we are back. It is time for the music discussion, and I still got my homie John Hanna, who's sticking around with us. We talked about all that Afghanistan death and raids and bombings and shit, so now we're going to... Get us well, I guess talking about Kanye West <laughs> isn't necessarily better. But anyway, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about the album Donda. So just generally, what are your thoughts? Oof. What'd you think about it? Because it this, feels he, he like was a mess. I told him. I Not told to him be the other mean, day. Like I, so I feel like I should compliment Sandwich this by saying there's wait, some on, tracks on, I love, but it's just a mess. one second. Yeah. I told him the other day, like, yo, can you check out the the album so that we can talk about it on the show? He's like, yeah, I got you. And then I hit him up. I don't know how long. <laughs> How long later I was like, yo, did you hear it? And he's like, man, this shit's like way longer than I thought it was going to be. But we got we have to record this shit tomorrow. I can't talk about it now. Oh. But um, yeah, so generally, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? All Sorry, right. I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. Oh, man. All right. Uh, I don't want to be super mean, but compliment sandwich. There's some tracks I love because he kind of seems to go like Southern Trap in the beginning of it. And it's not so much religious in the beginning i like that bit about it um but man it's a mess i i don't know it's all over the map dude and then there's like uh something that bothered me in like every track once i heard it in like the third or fourth track it's like there were cuss words in there and he cut it out like i got a walmart album from a long time ago and i was jamming and i'm like wait a minute i don't like this that at might, all like it drove me nuts after a while that might that might be there's there might be a little bit of trivia that you are not privy to that would explain that so he apparently did a thing where he's like i'm only making gospel music and i'm not making secular music anymore so the the edited out curse words i guess that's like how it is right but if you know you're gonna make it like i did hear that and i knew that going in and i was like i don't mind right but then like he had the choice not to you could have just done something else yeah you could have just not said it but like At first, I thought when I first heard it, I really thought that like, oh, so like you could do have the edits in there and just like it's meaningful, right? 
And in the first I heard it, I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to work this in. It's going to be like meaningful religiously. Like, no, he never references it. It just happens every, not every track, but, but there is this. So what was your. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, oh, no, you got it. Yeah. Banger. Uh, so I have, I do have a question. I didn't research it yet, but is Lauren Hill really, does she feature on her? Or is that just a Hell sample? Hell no, it's a sample. Oh. She's on the new you Nas shit, You ruined the whole track for me. It was She's so new- good. I was so happy. The most I smiled the whole album, just for an explanation, was is the moment that- Lauren Hill's voice. I think all she was saying oh. was like, yo. Yes. <laughs> I know. But I it was, was just like, a sample of her what? going like... <laughs> Nah, she she got a she got a verse on the new Nas shit. If you haven't heard that, no, I didn't the hear King, it. King's oh, Disease no. too. Yeah, she drops like a, a full like sixteen or twenty four or something like that. But it's a pretty fire verse. It doesn't sound oh, like. Doesn't oh, sound he like has old a, people. Oh, rap. that just reminded me. He has. There's a verse in a song, and I, I can't remember the song. I will I will look. I wrote it down somewhere. But uh, a verse in a, it's at the very end. He says that we know that Adam wasn't black because he would never have shared his ribs. And I don't know if you remember our conversation earlier. Wait, and wait, it hurt. Wait, like, wait. I, I flip. So it's not on purpose. It's not on purpose, but I flip everything people say to me sometimes. Like, I reverse roles. It's like a check on myself. Like, if I say something kind of gross, I'll catch myself because I'll reword it. And I'll be like, oh, if Max said that, it might have yeah. been all right. But that's disgusting. I can't believe I said that. When he said that, I was like, oh, my God, I can't listen to, like, I don't know. It, like, <laughs> fucked up the whole next song. I don't even know what, like, a full song goes by, and I'm just thinking about that verse at the end. Drove me nuts. Anyway, that is like, again, if Lin Beck said that, he would be yeah. canceled, and justifiably so, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, look, this is, you know, Con- Kanye is, like, a recurring character on this podcast, just because, you know... <laughs> The motherfucker actively was trying to help Nazis like oh six God, months ago, y'all. I know. So, and yeah. I, oh, man. Do you remember? All right. So, when we just talked about Afghanistan, I brought up the Kia Peel skit. Same thing. Like, I don't give him the credibility when he says things. So, when he said that line, it wasn't like if, like, Nas said it. Maybe I would have taken, oh, man. Or, like, DMX, who handled two religious <laughs> albums, great. Like, yeah. nobody realizes that his first two albums were full of religious iconography and handled just masterfully right um the mickey skid or if nobody's ever heard it like little little nicky anyway it doesn't matter but i give him credibility when he says things but when kanye says it i don't i don't know you it know, was gross I'm, I'm i'm gonna come clean okay i have somewhat of a tainted listen to this album because everybody was talking about the fucking live stream and the shit that they were doing at the stadium with the listening and stuff. And then I heard, like, the baby and Marilyn Manson came out on stage. So I listened to the—I wanted to kill two birds with one stone. So I listened to the album, like, watching the live stream of that stadium event. So I granted, I didn't necessarily get to, like, really delve into the minutia of the yeah, lyrics. Sure. Because I was, you know, I had the visuals with me and right. I was like looking at the visuals and listening to the songs. My general, I feel like the beats are really knocking, yeah. right? Yeah. The beats Agreed. are knocking and there's definitely oh, some yeah. flows that I was hearing that I was like, hey, this slaps. Oh. I fuck with it. All right. But uh, here's the thing, right? Okay. Here's the thing, right? Is like, if my, if, a, if an artist that I like does something outside of music, that's bad 
there's certain times when I can compartmentalize it and it's like, oh, it doesn't affect how I take in their art. Sure. It's not that way with rap. It's not that for me, it's not that way with rapping or writers. Any anything that requires like an artist to be like to write, to be an, a writer, then your personality and your personal life kind of affects how I take in your art. This is me. Fair I'm enough. not telling anybody. Now, granted, I'm not the sort of person that's going to be. This is just this is just me. I'm just being honest. I'm not the sort of person that's going to be like, oh, man, um, this dude got a DUI. So I'm not listening to his shit anymore. <laughs> okay. That's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this if you fine. tell me, yo, this dude was trying to help fascists <laughs> take over the country. Then I'm Is gonna, you know, oh my god, like this dude was helping, you know, like helping the people who spread COVID disinformation and got six hundred thousand people. Ca- For me personally, your beats cannot be dope enough. <laughs> I that I'm not gonna remember song. that. Oh man, I had to look for my list. Hold on, hold on. Oh, there's a dope song. All right, so. Full disclosure, I'm already biased because I'm I'm atheist. I'm not at all religious in any way. In fact, I'm almost anti-theist in some ways. But the Jesus Lives track is kind of fucking dope. I, I mean, I don't, it's not, he didn't handle it well. I feel like in the hands of someone else. It's almost like the production of some of it is so good. It needs like another artist that I yeah. like. But man, that track well, is fire. About- and there's a piano track that is ridiculous. I there's like oh, all man. Kanye albums though. I'm pretty sure that at least for the next five years you're gonna be hearing different rappers spitting verses over these beats. Okay. So yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, you'll, I mean, you'll get to Dude, that made me hopeful. That makes <laughs> you'll, me you'll real get hopeful. To hear some other cats I, unfortunately, I don't know. I feel but like other people are gonna think it's hot. I honestly I think other people are gonna love it. I just oh, I think not everybody loves thing. it. It's just like not, it's it's the number one. It's it's like and was, I'm not even saying that I don't like it. I'm just saying, no, I don't, I don't like, like Kanye. Yeah, that <laughs> you makes know me not I mean? like it though. It makes me not like it. Yeah. You know, now, now, just from what I heard objectively, if I did like Kanye, I would kind of feel like, oh, that was good. I don't know. There's you know a lot I mean? going on though. Like we should deep dive one day. Maybe not live, but <laughs> I have some thoughts because I, I mean, I, I listened lyrically. Yeah. I was really listening. And it, I don't know. There's. I gotta his, do another. His hypocrisy you know what? is he has no self awareness. Is my problem, and it and every time he says something, it's like obvious. Even well, even shit. if the song's about being enlightened and and following Jesus and emulating him, he's, that's not what he's talking about in front of that. And then it, the hook goes into I don't know. I just it's too much. My mind can't. I don't know. I try to really listen when someone talks. So. I want Kanye to tell me what part of Jesus's message is Candace Owens. <laughs> tell me, nigga. I want to know. Anyway, if I had to give me. it a letter grade, if I had to, if That's I had to so give me. my listen of Donda a letter grade, I'm gonna give Donda a B minus. Oh. Personally, C. what are you giving it? C. Giving it a C. A C. The beats were dope, and I like. He, he had he had better things to say about it than yeah. I did. And he gave it a C, and I gave it a B minus. So maybe I'm getting soft in my old bit. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, other people are gonna love it. But uh, that is our episode today. Once again, everybody, you know, go on Instagram, send your love and your thoughts to Mariah and the new bundle of joy that she's brought in the in the world. And you know, maybe one day we'll have John back on. And then the three of us can have an in-depth conversation about 
Kanye. Just you know what? I don't even know if I want to do that. We talk about Kanye too goddamn much on this podcast. Starting to feel like the anyway. Uh we're going to end this the way we end everything, and that is going to be with some rapidy raps. Yo, Joel, can you kick a beat? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your host is Eve, Mr. D.O.P. With the E and I rock like a new CD. I use all three, brains, lung, mouth. And I'm so dope that they stay strong out. Hey, don't shout. I want a little peace, at least. We could just pull out the Middle East But we probably won't at the will of the elite Air Prince Bush and all of his little creeps Hey, this is Dope Knife And you've been listening to Waiting on Reparations See y'all next week Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio For more podcasts from iHeartRadio Check out the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.